Hello, and welcome to the Denali Lord Nutrition and Wellness Podcast. My name is Denali Lord. I'm the host and creator of this podcast. I'm also a registered dietitian, fitness professional, and mindset coach. Hey, we're talking about alcohol, and I'm going to uncover the truth as far as why alcohol is so bad for us. And before we really dive in, I want to tell you that I love a glass of Malbec, rosé, and a good spicy margarita. So in no way am I saying you shouldn't go out and drink alcohol. I just want people to be aware of what's really going on whenever you do decide to consume alcohol. So alcohol is a very nutrient-poor choice of drink. Why? Well, Alcohol per serving contains a high amount of calories that are void of containing any real nutritive value, meaning that you'll absorb the calories from alcohol itself, but what you're not getting is vitamins, minerals, and phytochemicals that you might find in other foods such as fruits and vegetables or whole wheat grains. So a little bit how alcohol is metabolized. A lot of people seem to think that, oh, I don't want to drink alcohol because of the carbs. There actually are no carbs in alcohol. There aren't because alcohol is processed as a fat. However, fat has nine calories per gram. Alcohol has seven calories per gram. It's not quite as calorically dense as fat, but it's pretty darn close. Carbohydrates, for example, have four calories per gram. So even though alcohol is very calorically dense, nutrient poor, the worst thing about alcohol is that it actually blocks and prevents our ability to digest and absorb nutrients for our food. So let me describe that. So say you're making this awesome meal. It's a salad. You've got these beautiful leafy mixed field greens. You have extra vegetables that you're adding in like onions and carrots, maybe some celery, any other one like broccoli, any, any of your favorite vegetables, you're dicing them up and putting them in the salad. Maybe you throw on some nuts, like some sliced almonds. You've got this beautiful and delicious vinaigrette dressing. Maybe it's a citrus vinaigrette. And then you have your favorite protein. Maybe it's a really lean cut of beef or it's a wonderful serving of salmon or tuna. Alcohol will prevent us from absorbing those nutrients from our food anytime we drink alcohol with our food. So, yikes, the only thing that we are actually going to absorb are the calories from our food, which is heartbreaking. So why is alcohol considered to be a toxin? So the way that our body processes alcohol or also known as ethanol, it is a toxin. So anytime you drink alcohol, your body's number one response is to get rid of the alcohol. That's why if you drink alcohol with a really healthy meal, you are not getting the benefits of that healthy meal, which we all need vitamins. We all need minerals to function properly because they help our body carry out daily activities that we need in order to not only live, but to live a healthy life. So there is 
two main ways that our body breaks down alcohol. Those two main enzymes are called alcohol dehydrogenase and aldehyde dehydrogenase. So I do want to take a, a step back. So alcohol is mostly metabolized in the liver. There is the initial breakdown of alcohol in the stomach, but for the most part, alcohol metabolism occurs in our liver. Now our liver, just as a reminder, is an organ that we need to live. It filters, it acts as a kind of a waste site that helps to break down and filter those wastes. So that's why you can find a lot of nutrient-rich things in a liver if you decide to eat liver. Or sometimes you can get toxic or carcinogenic compounds in a liver as well because it does store toxins. So let's talk about how alcohol is metabolized in our body. It's broken down into two main steps. The first step is the breakdown of ethanol into acetaldehyde. Now, acetaldehyde is a potentially carcinogenic intermediate compound. Usually it's short-lived, meaning it's not actually live long enough, but we do want to break it down quickly because acetaldehyde is toxic and we, we feel this. There's a physiological response in our body. Our face becomes very flush, we get red, we have an increased heart rate, we might even have a headache, and we have nausea. Acetaldehyde is ultimately what gives us that hangover feeling. If there's too much acetaldehyde, it can actually cause stomach and intestinal cancers. So this is why it's crucial that we metabolize acetaldehyde as quickly as possible. Now, and the enzyme that helps us break ethanol into acetaldehyde is called alcohol dehydrogenase. Okay, so that's step one, is we're going from ethanol into acetaldehyde, which is an intermediary or short-lived potential carcinogenic toxic compound. It induces a physiological response, the flushing, the increased heart rate, the nausea, the headache. We need it out of our body. Step two, we take this intermediate compound, acetaldehyde, and we break it into acetate, which is, acetate is, um, think of it as, it's a very benign compound. It's often used um, as a preservative, okay? It's, it's nothing that's going to harm us. So the second step where acetaldehyde gets broken into acetate is done by an enzyme known as aldehyde dehydrogenase, or ALDH. Aldehyde dehydrogenase is found in the mitochondria, which is also known as the powerhouse of the cell. So um, remember, acetic acid, or acetate, is it's inactive. It's basically, um, acetic acid is, another way of saying is, it's a main compound of vinegar. Right? It's used for food preservation and sometimes fermentation. So we are not worried about acetate, which is also known as acetic acid. So why is it that some people can drink, I would say heavily, meaning they have three or more drinks at one time, and they show 
virtually no effects. They don't have the facial flushing. They don't have increased heart rate. They don't have a headache. They don't feel nauseous. Um, and then others, they have one or two drinks and they feel violently ill. They feel those effects of the acetaldehyde. Well, part of this reason is because these individuals do not have the ability to metabolize acetaldehyde very well. Remember, we said earlier that this was a carcinogen and we've got to remove it quickly because we do not want to have this intermediate compound existing in this carcinogenic state very long. So people that can't metabolize acetaldehyde into acetic acid or acetate, which is basically vinegar, right? It's a, it's a benign, harmless compound. They end up having a lot of facial flushing, headaches, nausea, vomiting. And oftentimes this is because the gene that codes for the enzyme, the codes for aldehyde dehydrogenase, there's a mutation in it. And this mutation is very inefficient at metabolizing acetaldehyde. Individuals who usually have this mutation, they have half a glass or one glass or one serving of something and they feel ill. So oftentimes these individuals don't drink as much or they just don't drink because of the rather pronounced side effects of the alcohol. So there are individuals, I do want to describe alcohol intolerance. Alcohol intolerance is an inherited metabolic disorder, meaning that the way ethanol is metabolized is not normal because there are mutations on the genes. Some of these mutations are genetic, meaning that they're passed down from your great-grandparents to your parents and then so on to you. And others have to do more with just someone's ethnicity. So alcohol intolerance has been shown to have a higher prevalence in women and particularly individuals of Eastern Asian descent. So individuals of Eastern Asian descent are more likely to have an inherited genetic mutation that causes the alcohol intolerance. I do want to address that alcohol intolerance is not the same as being intoxicated because alcohol intolerance has nothing to do with someone becoming drunk or intoxicated more quickly. The condition does not actually increase the blood alcohol level. Um, often individuals that have alcohol intolerance drink less because the symptoms are so pronounced. So um, there's also specific Native American tribes that have either less of the alcohol dehydrogenase enzymes or mutations on the alcohol dehydrogenase enzyme that prevents them from being able to break down ethanol into acetaldehyde. And as we talked about earlier, we don't want to have a lot of acetaldehyde just kind of looming about in our bloodstream because that can make us violently ill. So any questions you guys have over this podcast, I'd love to hear it. But today I really just want to explain that alcohol is ultimately toxic and harmful to us because it robs our body's ability to absorb nutrients, 
when we drink alcohol with food. So what is my recommendation as a dietitian? So if you are going to consume alcohol, I would first make sure that you are hydrated. Now I know that sounds silly because alcohol dehydrates us, but think about it this way. It's like your car. If you decide you're going to take a 300 mile trip drive and your car's on empty, how far do you think you're going to get on your trip? Not very far, right? So you have to fill up your tank and you want to fill up your tank by drinking water. So step one, we're going to make sure we are hydrated. We've had ample water. We've also had electrolytes. Electrolytes can come from foods such as vegetables and fruits. Electrolytes would include things like sodium, potassium, chloride. So make sure that you are hydrated. Your urine should have a very faint yellow color. Our urine should never be completely clear as that indicates overhydration, which can cause an electrolyte imbalance. An electrolyte imbalance combined with consuming alcohol can actually be quite dangerous. So step one, make sure you have had plenty of fluids. You are well hydrated. Your urine is faintly yellow. Step two, I want you to eat something healthy about 30 minutes to an hour before you actually drink the alcohol. Here's why. As mentioned earlier, alcohol prevents you from being able to digest and absorb vitamins, minerals, and phytochemicals from your food. So if you have something to eat, say you have your wonderful meal 30 minutes or an hour before you're going to consume alcohol, this gives your body time to start that digestion and absorption process. Now, could the alcohol still affect your ability to digest and absorb your food? It could. Part of that just depends on your body's metabolic rate and how quickly you digest and absorb things. Individuals that are more constipated, you might need a few hours. Okay. So just be mindful of that. Also eating and having something in your stomach is going to, especially if you're out and you're, you're driving, you're not at home where you don't need to drive. It can be safer because you're not drinking alcohol on an empty stomach, which will definitely get you intoxicated very quickly. Genetic mutations are not <laughs> drinking alcohol on an empty stomach is dangerous. Okay. So step three, if you have not had the ability to have a bunch of water beforehand, or you've not had the ability to eat a meal 30 minutes to an hour before you're going to drink, then make sure you're drinking plenty of water with your alcohol. The water will help to flush out the alcohol. It'll push it along. And also you want to consider eating some food. Now, do you want to eat a beautiful, healthy meal? You can just know that you're not going to absorb those vitamins and minerals from the food. Or do you decide to splurge and have a cheeseburger and fries? Foods that are still healthy in moderation, but they are typically more calorically dense and have higher amounts of saturated fat that can lead to heart issues, blood pressure issues, and other medical conditions like diabetes or obesity. In moderation, use your best judgment. 
knowing that alcohol is not really going to allow you to absorb vitamins and minerals, it might be a splurge time. But all of that should be considered when and where you have alcohol. Individuals who are training for something, say you're training for um, a bodybuilding competition or you're training for a 5K, a 10K, you're, you're an athlete. That pertains to a lot of people. You have to be very particular with the timing of your alcohol consumption because it can affect your GI motility and can lead to issues during your training, whenever the next training session is. So say, for example, you're training for a marathon and you're having a couple of beers with your friends the night before a big training day. You might want to limit your drinks to one because even one alcoholic serving can impact your ability to train well the next day. All right, guys. So we've got three steps, really, if you are going to drink alcohol. One is make sure you're hydrated. Two is try to eat something that's healthy and balanced about 30 minutes to an hour before you actually drink alcohol. If that's not possible, or if you just haven't had a chance to drink a lot of fluids or eat a meal and you're going to eat as you drink your alcohol, know that alcohol will prevent your body's ability to digest and absorb vitamins and minerals and make sure you drink copious amounts of fluids. I like to call it the one-to-one ratio or really two-to-one ratio, meaning that you're going to have one beer, for example, and you're going to have two glasses of water because it will take roughly two, even in some people, three glasses of water for that one serving of alcohol. So remember that rule, the two-to-one rule, okay? So at least two glasses of water, that's eight ounce glasses of water, so that'd be 16 ounces to one serving of alcohol. All right, guys, that's all I have for you today. Any questions, you can always reach out to me, info at denalilord.com. Have an awesome day, and I'll talk to you guys soon.